1: There was a time I had trouble talking about it, congratulate them, we know they doubted, somehow we made it up out the pit, back against the wall, never quit, traversing through each obstacle, show a non-believer what's possible, let nothing they can do
2: stand in between me and my wildest dreams, let's go. Nothing that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt,
1: been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault.
2: It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and
0: some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is NFL trade deadline Tuesday, November 1st. A wild one in the greatest league on earth. This is the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. We have a loaded show for you today. We're going to break down all the trade deadline frenzy, all the madness. How does it apply to your fantasy football roster and how should it? We're going to tell you that today. And we're also going to play a game of Would You Rather Football rest of season, what player would you rather have? We're also going to preview a bit of what's coming up here in the month of November, pop culture-wise, movies, music, you name it. And then we have in the scope, waivers and free agent finds. Who are those guys you can pick up after waivers run, save you some fab, and get a week ahead of your league mates? That's what we do here at the IBT podcast. Seth Wilcock back here with you, joined by my colleagues Nate Polvo and Scott Reinier. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? It has been a busy 24 hours here. Halloween, trick-or-treating last night, and then into maybe the craziest trade deadline we have ever seen for the NFL. Scott, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Uh, Day of the dead, recovering from Halloween,
3: kind of. We don't stay up late anymore, but I always eat way too much candy. I am wearing my Halloween costume. It says I'm with the Flamingo. My daughter was a Flamingo. And I just got to wear the shirt, which was pretty, pretty easy. Um, And then, yeah, I was telling Nate before the show started, this was a really tough day to be at my day job. Um, All I wanted to do was was dig deep into all these. I mean, just the frenzy of trades today. Super exciting day for the NFL, for fantasy football. A lot of a lot of people changing places. I mean, it's kind of I mean, I, I don't remember a trade deadline day like today. Usually there's a lot of talk and some some moves are made and then, you know, not much materializes, but it was just one after the other. So I'm stoked, man.
2: Well, Scott, it was reminiscent of one of you and I's favorite sports. Major League Baseball's trade deadline is what it felt Mm -hmm. like. I've been waiting years for this to start happening in the NFL because it's just it's one of the fun things about baseball is you get to that trade deadline and you never know where some of these studs are going to end up that are on teams that just are kind of out of it. But the NFL is trending towards that teams are starting to realize you can make a move in season and integrate these guys into your offensive or your defensive schemes. And it works now. I love, I, today was such a great day. I, if you were bored and you're an NFL fan, I don't know what you were doing.
0: It was simply electric. A lot of moves that we thought were, would take place maybe didn't. And we're going to break that all down here in just a little bit. First, I wanted to welcome in the In Between family. Looks like we have Albert in the chat already. Albert. What's up, Albert, good to see you. Thank you for always tuning in. We greatly appreciate you. And if you're new to In Between media, if you're new to the IBT family, first of all, welcome. This is your spot for some feel-good lifestyle advice merged with that fantasy sports advice. If you enjoyed this type of content, please give us a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe if you like this type of content. The fantasy NASCAR season, we just got done wrapping that up. We still got a long way to go in the fantasy football season. Fantasy golf is not that far away as well, and we're always bringing those good vibes, baby. So guys, let's go ahead and jump right into it. We have a jam-packed show, and it starts here with some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging
2: for more, save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between, I thought you come to the place, we to have some fun. fun. Ain't gotta worry oh, about nothing, not what, mine mine for for what it means, come and give me another, another cause the night is young. young. Oh, at least I so
1: thought. It's just it.
0: I got to be honest. We have a lot of bang and drops here from Nate Miller on the in-between fantasy football podcast, but that one just gets me grooving moving every single time. And right into this trade deadline action guys, TJ Hawkinson first move of the day goes to the Vikings for really what is the equivalent of a second round pick is what they got Hawkinson for Irv Smith was then subsequently put on IR. He's dealing with an issue. So Scott, what was your initial impression of this move? Hawkinson, not too far away from uh, from being a top 10 NFL pick. He now joins a, a division rival here in Minnesota.
3: I mean, that was the most surprising thing to me. You typically don't see a, a trade of someone like TJ Hawkinson within your own division. Um, before I saw the, the the subsequent IR designation for Irv, I, my initial thought was rest in peace Irv Smith Jr. It's still yes, very... Well, could be that. I mean, Hawkinson's still young. I mean, I think he's the tight end for, I mean, I'm eating a little crow. I gave Seth, I gave you a little bit of crap in our, in our tight end wars, talking about Kyle Pitts and TJ Hawkinson, but he's been, he's been solid this year. I mean, a lot of it was, was buoyed by that huge game against the Seahawks, that massive game against the Seahawks, but He's been consistent, and I mean, I think it's an upgrade for T.J. Hawkinson. I think it's a it's an upgrade for Kirk Cousins, another weapon. And then, he, I mean, an
0: upgrade, yeah.
3: Minnesota is six and one. They're you know, say what you want about that record with that team, but they're they're making a, that's what you saw today. Are some teams they're making they're put, pushing some chips into the center um, to try and make a run here. So I I love this. I, I mean, I love this this move. I mean, the Lions aren't going anywhere right now. So the equivalent of a second round pick I think is is good for their future. Um, so I like it, man. I like it. I don't have much to – I don't have many Hawkinson shares, mm-hmm. but just objectively in general for fantasy football
0: managers, I think it's a good thing. And, Nate, I think this galvanizes that locker room in Minnesota. This says, hey, boys, we believe in you. They have Kem- Kevin O'Connell. They have a dog of a team right now. How, what does this mean for TJ Hawkinson? Where do you rank him rest of season, Nate? And what does this do for Kirk Cousins value too, because I think it boosts him more than anybody.
2: Well, I think you're right about it, boosting Kirk Cousins. I think he's already pretty high up there though. I've made some moves to try and get him with that offense. He's played well. What this tells me though, is that this organization is in win now mode. They know they have a good team. They know they have the tools to compete and they're going to go for it. They're in a pretty weak division. Honestly, I mean, the NFC North hasn't been great. You've got the bears who are just an absolute mess. The lions are a mess green Bay's a mess. This is Minnesota's division to lose. And this is a move saying, we're not going to let you beat us. We can only beat ourselves at this point because we have all of the personnel to take it all the way to at least the NFC championship.
0: I mean, they're definitely in that big three in the NFC. Now, I think between the 49ers and, uh, and the Eagles and themselves. So I like this move a lot. Kirk Cousins was already like a top 10-ish QEB. He's been consistent. Hasn't really had a, a super boom week yet. What's kind of what we're waiting for. But he's a really solid starter if you have him right now in a league that is not filled with them. I don't think this dings Justin Jefferson as much as it does Adam Thielen a little bit. I think we do. Adam Thielen's already kind of been on the decline. He's not seeing that the touchdowns in the red zone work that we're accustomed to. So he's already kind of a you know a risky wide receiver three. He's very matchup dependent. I've called him as a start. I've called him as a sit. And if you play those matchups, you're generally pretty happy with him. I think that just kind of makes him a more matchup dependent wide receiver three flex option at this point. And Justin Jefferson, I think we can just keep rolling out like he was. Nate, any any downgrade for either these two guys for you?
2: I don't think so. I think all this tells me is this offense is going to. Get more electric. I think we're going to see Cousins' passing volume increase a little. I think we might see a little bit of a ding to Adam Thielen, but he's already been kind of dinged on his own. Like he said, we've already seen the regression, touchdown regression. I think. I think all in all, this is a good. It's good for Hawkinson. I think it keeps him as a tight end one on the season. Maybe even boosts him into that like top. Five tight end category because I mean let's be honest, Tyler Conklin's tight end six right now, so the bar is
0: yeah. very high. Yeah, Taysom Hill's right up in that area, yeah. too, as well, Nate. So definitely agree with you there. I think on the lion side of this, all it really does for me, a little bit of a downgrade for Jared Goff. He was only a streamer at this point. I recommended him last week, and then uh and then Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. For once, guys, this actually <laughs> this is good for exactly. Amon Ross St. Brown. Am I right, Scott? <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, the, it didn't have to be in quotation marks. It wasn't a joke this time. It is good for a Rossi and Brown. I mean, if you're in a deep, super deep league and you're just, just strapped at tight end, maybe try and maybe pick up Brock Wright and see what happens. He's the other tight end on that team. That's noteworthy. But yeah, I mean, you know, to me, I mean, the Lions, as far as Jared Goff goes, they have passing weapons and even with Hawkinson gone, they still have passing weapons with Swift, healthy with Amon Ron St. Brown, um, a few of their other kind of just more, you know, mediocre wide receivers. I don't think it's too much of a ding for Jared Goff because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't that high to begin with, uh, at least lately. Certainly. So, um, yeah. the other, the other Vikings player, I think this gives a little slight uptick to is Dalvin cook. I mean, yes. you, you bring in another athletic pass catcher that can be a, a matchup issue. And it can take just a little bit more attention off. And I mean, Dalvin Cook has already, he's been balling out lately. Like he has become, he's, he's doing what we've always wanted Dalvin Cook to do. He's catching passes, scoring touchdowns. Um, It's a, it's
0: a dangerous team. I am absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Last, last note here on this trade with TJ Hogginson. I think it boosts up one of Nate's early in-the-scope candidates, Josh Reynolds. DJ Chark right now is on IR. So if you need a wide receiver play these next couple of weeks, don't be afraid to look Josh Reynolds's way. Nate, you love that chemistry coming into the season as well with Goff. So uh we'll close the book there on Hawkinson. Let's move forward here. Steelers trade Chase Claypool to the Bears for a 2023 second round pick. It's reported that the Packers also offered a second round pick. However, They thought they would get a better pick here with the Bears. I heard some discrepancies that this might be not the Bears pick they're getting, but someone else that the Bears owned at that point. Not totally sure, but either way, Chase Claypool, he's going to the Bears here. And this means to me, guys, most of all, that the Bears are saying, we want to see what Justin Fields is made of. Let's give him a weapon here at the end of the year. We don't maybe need to give him a full year next year because what if we do end up with Stroud or Bryce Young, one of these young quarterbacks here? So it's it's a make or break time for Justin Fields now. Chase Claypool goes there. I don't think it's a plus for Chase Claypool. He was already not a great a great staff right now, guys. So w- Nate, what was your overall takeaway? I know you love all things Chicago Bears.
2: Yeah, no, I'm a huge Bears fan. Cole at one point, at Justin one point Fields, Darnell Mooney. I'm a little bit higher on this for Claypool than you are, Seth, just because now he's not competing with Deontay or George Pickens or Najee Harris for targets. That said, he hasn't looked great in Pittsburgh the last season and a half. I wrote about him this offseason. This was a a prove-it year in Pittsburgh. What they just said is he didn't prove it. He's going to have to turn this around in Chicago, which is going to be difficult because his offense is a mess, but he's instantly the wide receiver one.
0: On this team over, over darnell mooney i think because, over i think over
2: darnell mooney i really loves, do
0: everyone loves darnell mooney I'm, I'm not willing to put claypool there i think he'll slot in as their wide receiver too just because mooney does have the familiarity here sure. um but scott where do you rank chase claypool rest of season is he a guy you're excited to have on your team or is he still what he was which was realistically an end of bench clogger receiver
3: um, I mean, I don't know where I exactly would have him ranked, but I I am more excited if I have Chase Claypool now than I was yesterday. I'll put yep. it that way. Part of you know what Nate said it. You know it, it's he has the potential to be you know the top one or two target in Chicago, and I think what Chicago is doing is I and I think it's good for Mooney. I don't think Mooney is is you know. It, I think he's better off with a, with another target, another big bodied. Yes, sir. You know, I agree. Um, wide receiver. Sorry, Nikhil Harry. You're just not it. Um, so I think it's good for Mooney. And I mean, the bears offense isn't as much of a dumpster fire as it was when we were talking about them a month ago. They've shown some pretty gradual improvements. They've been passing the ball more. Justin Fields been running like crazy. He's been a freaking QB one for a month straight. So we can't really knock it. Um, so I mean, and Kenny Pickett has shown some flashes, but I just think it's a better situation, honestly, which is really weird to say with the Bears. But I just I think it's I think it's an upgrade for for Chase Claypool.
2: Well, Scott, it's a less crowded situation. Yeah. Because yep. yeah. he's up against guys like Dante Pettis, Equinomius St. Brown, but he profiles size-wise kind of like a tight end, but he's more athletic than Cole Komet. That's where I see him being so involved in this offense is he's a big, easy, short route target for Justin Fields when he gets in trouble, which is, let's be honest, quite a bit with this offensive line.
0: Plus, he's one for one with a touchdown pass as a quarterback this year.
2: Oh, that's yes. a good point,
0: too. I, I think at the end of the day, though, for me, guys, this means more for my Pittsburgh wide receiver shares because... Let's be honest. Deontay Johnson hasn't been an absolute bust because you can still start him every week, but he's not the high ceiling play he once was. He's a borderline wide receiver three flex play at this point. George Pickens, Nate apparently our our sure thing sleeper of the week guy is just cursed. Whoever we bring in, we had Brian McFadden on. He called him as his sure thing sleeper of the week. Put up a donut, Um, but I think this means good things for Chase Clay or for uh, Pickens and Deontay Johnson out there in Pittsburgh. Even Pat Fryermuth. To, to an extent as well. I think they're going to need to use him more. So I'm excited about what this means. Maybe this brings that ceiling back to Deontay Johnson that we are looking for. I'll put it this way. I have Deontay Johnson in, in uh, two leagues. I've been desperately trying to trade him for about five, six weeks, and I haven't got an offer. That's just struck me. And now I feel a little more inclined to keep him that things could get better. Pickett could improve. And maybe without Claypool, he gets a couple more targets He just hasn't been efficient. So, uh, you know, it is kind of ironic. I mean, you saw it on
3: Twitter all day today, but the I mean, good for the Steelers to get a second round pick for Claypool, too. I mean, I think that. Oh, yeah, that was a steal. But the Bears, you know, spent a second round pick on Claypool instead of just spending a second round pick on George Pickens.
0: Yeah, essentially, essentially. And they'll have to pay Claypool here in, in just a little while as well. So something to keep in mind there. I think overall takeaways from this trade here is, guys, Justin Fields put in the spotlight. He could be a borderline QB1 play rest of season. He's been that as of late. So keep that in mind. As as far as Chase Claypool, he's at least intriguing to Scott and Nate here. And then I think the biggest jump is going to be for Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and our guy Patty Fryer move out there in the Berg. Let's move forward here. Miami receives Bradley Chubb from Nate's Broncos for a 2025 fifth round pick. Chase Edmonds, a 2023 first round pick owned by the Niners and a 2024 fourth round pick. So basically just a haul for Bradley Chubb here. Chase Edmonds ends up here in, uh, in Denver as well. First of all, let's just talk about This from a Miami perspective. And I think we should probably follow this up with the next headline as well. Miami then lands Jeff Wilson for a fifth round pick. Because that's the other piece of this. We saw the news come out about Chase Edmonds on the move. I instantly thought Kareem Hunt. Could Kareem Hunt go here to Miami? No, guys. It was old Jeff Wilson Jr. I had a trade riding on that. So I was a little sad about it. But overall, Nate, what was your impression here of this trade? As a first a Broncos fan. And then, just what do you think this means for Chase Edmond, the Broncos' backfield? Please.
2: So, I really, I, I like what Denver got back in the fact that they got that first round pick. They're back in the first round of the 2023 draft, which they need to be. They traded out obviously to get Russell Wilson. That's fantastic. I'm sad to see Bradley Chubb go, but this is a team that isn't going anywhere this season, and they need to improve on offense. Their defense has already been solid. They can afford to lose Chubb. What I don't love about this is the toss into Chase Edmonds because he, I mean, he hasn't done much of anything in Miami behind Raheem Mostert, who has been such an up and down player for most of his career. I understand Miami wanting to get off of him. And I understand the Broncos wanting to add running back depth without Javante, but it feels like they're just throwing things at a wall and see what sticks at this point. And you can't do that. I mean, I guess you, I guess you can do that. And it is what they're doing. I don't think this – this doesn't move the needle for me on Chase Edmonds whatsoever.
0: It's almost one of those things too, Nate. Like Melvin Gordon's contract expiring after this year. Javante Williams will be back. Mike Boone will be back. So you're kind of just going to have a mess in the backfield once again. So long term, I don't think it moves the value on Chase Edmonds. If anything, it hurts his value the rest of this season because Latavius has looked pretty decent at times. And apparently Melvin Gordon's still the starter is what Nathaniel Hackett is saying.
2: Yeah, well – we know about those guys named nathaniel seth and so
0: So to me i would say i mean pick your poison i think these are all like at least latavius and melvin are now flex plays at the running back position you don't really want them but if you have them and you're desperate you can play them chase edmonds is nothing but a stash here scott what does this mean for miami here raheem mostert he could be the guy jeff wilson and it just seems like uh, it seems like miami's collecting san francisco running backs which makes sense when you think of mike mcdaniel and his history with these guys do you think that's why he's bringing these guys in and what do you think the fantasy implications are scott
3: uh i mean first of all it's great for miami and great for their defense uh um, yep. again they're another team that's on that cusp of let's let's go for this even though they're in the division with the bills i mean tua has shown that He's on, the, he's, a dog. he's on the better end of the whole debate of is Tua good? He's been great. He's a dog uh, when he's been when he's been healthy. No, I think this is good. I mean, uh, our our good friend Herms wrote an article today about Jeff Wilson and I commented in that article. I was I had Jeff Wilson set up in my redraft in a few redraft leagues as the guy I was gonna drop for a waiver claim. I'm pulling that back. I want to see what this looks like. Because Jeff Wilson has shown when he's given the rock, he can be fantasy relevant for sure.
0: I think um, Jeff and, Wilson just as good as Raheem Mostert at this yeah, point. Yeah. And I mean, it's not better.
3: And, yeah, I mean, I think this kind of, it, it, we'll have to see, it, you know, it's one of those things, obviously, but it won't be as much of an acclamation for Jeff Wilson if he went to any other team, but the Dolphins, because Mike McDaniel, because uh, of the head coach. So um, I think it could be a little bit more of a split deal, um, which would, you know, would hinder Raheem Mostert, his, his rest of season fantasy value, but I mean, I think it's it mm-hmm. it's a boost for Jeff Wilson. It has to be because I, you know, I think it was going to take at this point a CMC injury for him to have any fantasy relevance in San Francisco. I agree. I agree. Also, this yep. does tie the loop on, you know, the Dolphins ultimately traded Trey Lance by trading their picks for San Francisco to move up to get Trey Lance. They've turned those picks that they got in that trade into. I mean, not necessarily fully directly,
0: but into Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Bradley Chubb. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Great. Wow. Great point on that, Scott. That's uh, that's great. Miami, they seem like they know what they're doing, at least in the front office. We can't really talk about ownership and that whole mess there. But basically, it seems like to me, guys, like I would say that Raheem Mostert, he's an RB3 the rest of the way. Jeff Wilson, I like him as much as Raheem, honestly, in this scheme. I think he's going to be brilliant as well. And then it, you know, we already kind of covered the, the Denver backfield after this as well. So let's go ahead and move forward here. Bills, they trade Zach Moss in a conditional 2023 fifth-round pick for Naeem Hines. And this was super interesting. This was right at the deadline, so we were excited to see this. Naeem Hines obviously gets a bump probably going to Buffalo. He hasn't had much consistency out there in Indianapolis. Big hit to Devin Singletary. That's, I think, that the biggest thing. Devin Singletary takes a hit. If you're stashing James Cook somewhere, you can let him go. He's not going to be relevant the rest of the way. And I was really excited for Deion Jackson, and I think we'll talk about him a little bit more later, but Zach Moss comes back. So it's like this is kind of a wash all the way around. I think it's good for Buffalo. Nate, what was your takeaway from, from this from a football perspective as well as a fantasy perspective?
2: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, unfortunately, in redraft we're probably done with James Cook at this point. In you Dynasty, have you have to be. In Dynasty, he's he's a solid hold. I don't think I care about Zach Moss, though, as far as his fantasy relevance or him hurting Deion Jackson's fantasy relevance in Indy. We know what Zach Moss is. He's a slow-plotting running back that really doesn't generally do much. He's better than a lot of guys that didn't make it into the league, but he's never going to be fantasy relevant, and this doesn't change that. And I think you're right, Seth. The biggest hit is Devin Singletary here of people who are rostered frequently in the league because Nyam Hines is a talented back, pass catching, but he can run the ball. And people forget that. He hasn't been asked to do it much the last three seasons with Jonathan Taylor, but he can run the ball. And I think he fits this Buffalo scheme. I think this is a massive bump for Niam Hines. If you already have him rostered, you're probably going to want to look at starting him pretty much every week at this point i think he might
0: easy i think you gotta hit the brakes a little bit nate
2: with this buffalo offense though and how potent it is this is just another weapon for josh allen and you know he's going to use it and having that talented pass catching back for allen is going to bail him out from having to huck the ball downfield when he's in trouble trying to get rid of it he has a reliable short target now and i think that's the most important part of what nyam hines is ppr wise he's going to get consistent targets now where he wasn't getting them in Indy okay
0: okay Scott what what was your takeaway from this I'm kind of bumping Singletary down like we said I think he was a solid RB2 before he kind of goes back into that flex pull of all those Jags at this point honestly Um, but what do you think of this overall Scott it's kind of a, a little bit of a mess honestly it's
3: it is a little bit of a mess I think it does help Naheem Hines He wasn't doing as much as maybe people thought he would do, you know, as the receiving back in Indianapolis this year. And actually, and I I agree. I think it basically kills Devin Singletary's value, which is unfortunate. Our friend Mad Jester, FF Mad Jester on Twitter, he put out a tweet today that Devin Singletary, if you take away his receiving production, he's scored 4.6 fantasy points per game. And that receiving that receiving production, yeah. I believe, is going to go away from Devin Singletary. Yeah. And Na- Naheem Hines has shown, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be your three-down workhorse. But he's shown he can be successful between the tackles on kind of a limited basis. So I just think he's going to see the field enough to really cut into Devin Singletary's receiving work. I mean, Devin Singletary hasn't scored a touchdown this year. I just I don't think it bodes well for Singletary. James Cook, I mean, you know, his usage went up after the bye, which is always promising with a rookie. And, you know, and he flashed on a, on a long pass play. But I just, I don't think that th- they wouldn't have made this move if, if he's ready to just be their trusted receiving back. And they're, I mean, make no mistake about it. They're going for a Super Bowl this year. They're putting all of it in for a Super Bowl. And Naheem Hines, you know, there's behind the scenes stuff there too. You know, like pass blocking, veteran leadership, all that kind of stuff that's going to keep him on the field. And for fantasy relevance, I agree. I think Singletary takes a hit. I think James Cook. You know, I don't think you need to roster him right now and redraft unless something changes. Um, and Naheem Hines, if you have him, that's great. We weren't probably weren't expecting this bump.
0: And I'm just gonna shout it out too. Like we're a couple months away, but if you're gonna be playing fantasy playoff football. Nine Hines is a guy you're probably going to want to put in your lineup because he's a guy who's going to do damage in the playoffs against teams like the Chiefs who bleed points to running backs by reception. So uh, it kind of reminds me of like the Jarrett McKinnon pickup almost a year ago from the Chiefs. I think he can be used kind of in a role like that. So I, I love the breakdown from you guys. I appreciate that. Let's go ahead and move forward to more something that means more to Dynasty fantasy football players, and that's the Jaguars getting Calvin Ridley here. Basically, it's, they're getting back a 2023 conditional fifth round pick and a 2024 conditional second round pick. A lot of conditions, kind of to run through in there. But basically, the gist of it is Calvin Ridley is now a Jaguar. I think the biggest person this hurts long term is obviously Christian Kirk, and he hasn't performed as, as you know as great lately. So, um, what was your guys' takeaway behind this? Because I I think that was pretty much the biggest thing to me is. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, any long-term hopes I had for them on this team? Not feeling so good about it now. I mean, this one caught me off guard. I
3: wasn't expecting to see Calvin Ridley's name today. Um, So I agree. You know, I mean, obviously Calvin Ridley's not playing this year. So this is kind of like a pre-order of a new video game coming out. Not really because it's a human being. But but I mean... it is hard to tell because it's that da- it's farther down the road. We're not going to see what this looks like until next season. And we don't know exactly what kind of moves the Jags are going to make in the off season and all that kind of thing. But, um, it does, you know, set up if you start looking at the pass catchers, now that Evan Ingram has become kind of a consistent fantasy tight end, you know, Evan Ingram, even with Christian Kirk, if you got Calvin Ridley in there with Travis ETN, I mean, I mean, we've been saying it for a few years with the Jags. Oh, they're, you know, their, their offense is getting exciting. Well, we might have to wait. Yet one more year, but, um, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be good for Calvin Ridley in the long run. I I, I don't know what I, I just, I don't know what the future is for the Falcons, especially they're just their pass catchers. I just don't know what it looks like. I, I do know what it more, looks like in yeah. Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is not going anywhere. He throws the ball all over the field. So I think long-term, this is great for Calvin Ridley.
0: Nate.
2: I have a little bit of a different perspective than you guys on this because I'm reading something different into this trade with the conditional picks, especially. I think what this signals is that Atlanta doesn't think that Calvin Ridley is necessarily going to be taken off of the commissioner's exempt list anytime soon. He's a very talented receiver. They know what they have in him. The conditional picks tell me they don't know that he's going to be on the field in 2023. I'm not excited about Ridley being in Jacksonville because I don't know when we're going to see him in Jacksonville, even from a dynasty perspective.
0: I thought he was just suspended for one year. he just pretty much it's it's, on... in,
2: it's indefinite. His suspension is indefinite. We knew that it was going to be the entirety of the 2022 season, but we mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen after that. This tells me that the Falcons know something. They don't think he's going to be able to play in 2023.
0: I mean, I will say, as far as the dynasty's perspective, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, send him up. Um, if the Falcons, they got to make eventually, whether it's this season or next, Desmond Ritter's got to be it. They got to at least give him a shot because Marcus Mariota is not going to produce high-level numbers. He can win you some games as we've seen this far, four and four for the Falcons. Overall, though, I think if you have Calvin Ridley and dynasty, I'm still holding him. I feel a little bit better about him like Scott. But I'm not going out or probably buying or selling Calvin Ridley. Um, I mean, if you have him at this point, he's just taking up a roster spot. Am I right? I love him though. Like I love fucking Calvin Ridley. I want to get. I want. I. I want all the Calvin Ridley I could get a couple of years ago. So we'll see what happens there. A um, couple more. We'll just run through quickly. Raquan Smith trade to the Ravens for a 2023 second round pick and a third round pick. Basically, what you need to know about this guys is the Ravens. They're going all in as well. They're going all in on this. They're going to have to pay Roquan if they want to keep him around long-term. I assume they do. Um, if you're playing IDP, a little bit of a downgrade to Patrick Queen. Otherwise, full send here on our on our guy Roquan. A couple people I just want to talk about that were not traded today. We were expecting Kareem Hunt. He was not traded. So kind of a bummer because we were expecting maybe he could go to Los Angeles, maybe Philadelphia, make an impact. He wasn't dealt. The Browns that they wanted a fourth round pick. They were not given that. So Kareem Hunt, he stays what he is. He's a risky. How 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 lucky do you feel? Flex play. Brandon Cooks. Sucks for Brandon Cooks, man. I mean, he's been traded so much throughout his career. We thought maybe this would actually be a good time for him to get traded. He wasn't. Talks developed. Nothing came about it. Nate, I think he's, you know, still at the end of the day, probably what? A risky wide receiver three at this point. Nothing better.
2: I'm wondering if he's even that now because He missed practice today for personal reasons and sent out a very cryptic tweet that he was angry about his career being ruined and choices taken away from him. I don't know that Brandon Cooks sets foot on a field for the Texans again. He seems pretty upset, which I don't know how that works or what that looks like. He clearly wanted to be moved and was upset. I saw a few things that said that the Texans had good offers for Cooks and refused to move him despite him requesting to be moved.
3: Yeah, I saw that they they were weren't settling for anything less than a second round pick, and I think that was probably too expensive um, among whatever the offers were. I mean, we don't obviously we don't we're, not priv, we're not privy to the details of turned down offers, but that's unfortunate. Um, you know, I've always rooted for Cooks, and you know he's he's got a little bit of a point. He does. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll see. I think that's a thinking he might not play again this year that, that seems a little extreme but sure s- sounds like a mess
2: but so but if he does let's say he does play he comes back to the team but he's upset so he's not going to play 100 percent. we're going to get 50 percent, brandon cooks just like if any of us were in a similar situation i think you get 50 percent, us
0: or it could be or it could be squeaky wheel you know you sure. never know with these type of things they could go two ways i just think overall we're not happy about the outlook for Brandon Cooks like we would have if he would go to Green Bay, one of these other wide receiver needy teams, bottom line. Davis Mills isn't who we maybe thought he could come to this year. Let's talk about Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, the Denver Broncos, which kind of a weird situation there because like they're at least saying we're giving up a little bit on this year that the defense – or, you know, Nate, you did say, like the defense is good enough, we can lose Bradley Chubb, but he's still an all-star out there. So to lose him but not give up one of these wide receivers, it means that Russ liked him enough to keep him around. Jerry Judy's been great as of late. He, he's kind of turned it on here a, a little bit lately more over Cortland Suns. So I'm excited to see what Jerry Judy can do still. I think he's a wide receiver three at the end of the day, kind of in this in this group, maybe, uh, maybe a higher-end wide receiver three. K.J. Hamler, he belongs on waivers right now. I don't know if you guys would dispute any of that.
2: I would not. What I think... I think what we need to look at though with these Denver moves is that they're dumping Chubb's salary. He's due for a big raise next season. He comes off his rookie contract, but they have Judy and Hamler for another three seasons on a rookie contract. There's no need to move these guys right now because your return isn't going to be worth the little that you're paying them and what you would have to pay to replace them.
0: Yeah. Great. I like that analysis there, Nate. And let's just round it out. here talking about green Bay. They failed to make a move today. And I mean, if you're someone who is counting on Aaron Rodgers this season for fantasy, I think that ship has sailed. At this point, he is a streamer. You can drop Aaron Rodgers. I hope maybe even did a couple weeks ago. If this means anything for Green Bay, it's Romeo Dobbs. If you want a Green Bay wide receiver until Alan Lazard gets back, it is Dobbs. Um, other than like, It looks like they believe in him and Lazard, obviously. They had an offer out for Claypool, so you know maybe not a to- total 100% buy, but... Um, Romeo Dobbs, he's hit or miss, guys, but he has some big games like he did this last week.
2: I like Dobbs, and it seems that Rodgers trusts him. He's probably the only receiver on this team that you'd want to have on your roster outside of Lazard at this point. Yeah,
3: and just in redraft, just leave him him on waivers for now, but keep your eye on Christian Watson. Just Mm -hmm. see how it unfolds with Christian Watson. He's been battling injuries, but obviously Green Bay can use all the receiving help they could get right now. So. You know, it's okay. one of those, you never know situations. Don't pick him up now, but he's a guy just to keep
0: your eye on. Yeah. He got, he suffered a concussion here over the weekend. His mom actually took to Twitter some, some very like, I just hate when fans like. Oh, I, was, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's awful. He, yeah. Basically fans just were calling him a bus and calling him all these things. Like the dude suffered a brain injury. Let's have a little bit of a heart. Yeah. Um, we, we hate to see that. So I was glad his mom honestly stuck up for him. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, calling out some of those Packers trolls. So, guys, I think bottom line here today, not everyone we saw got that we wanted to get moved got moved, but it was still very exciting. TJ Hawkinson, a lot of running back movement as well, some defensive plays. So I am overall excited. I hope we were able to help some people um, set their lineups better, make some acquisitions, make those drops, those acquisitions that they needed to. Let's go ahead. Let's bring some fun back into the show. Let's talk a little bit about November. What well, we can look forward to from a pop culture perspective and fantasy perspective as well with some would you rather?
1: Risky business, or so that's fair say. Are you that hard on the rise? Chilling with a cold one, beating one, a home bag. Would you rather?
0: Would You Rather, you guys know the game. We like to make some fun here at IBT. And to do that, we're bringing in audio editor extraordinaire, Kyle Scott. Mr.
1: Scott, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing great, Seth. Uh, I'm ready for fall to start. It is the beginning of November, and it's going to be 70 degrees for the next week out here in central PA. So let's get it a little colder. I want some sweater weather out here
0: oh hey man i'll take what we can get i understand what you're saying but i I love i love november as much as probably not as much as like october and september but you guys still fuck with november as well no nate nate's saying he's out on november
2: dude you've you have to read all of my columns i recently wrote about how much i hate autumn it's cold i'm a big fan of snowy yeah it's just gross here. Like,
0: Are you talking late on them? Because early on is beautiful, my friend. Not here. Okay. All right. You're not living in Pennsylvania. It, it, go,
2: it goes from like 80 degrees to like 50 in two days. It's a shock to the system, and I don't like it. This is why I need to move to PA.
0: Yes, sir. I, I agree with you there. Kyle, why don't you explain the game of Would You Rather for us and uh, take us through our first question here.
1: So Would You Rather is pretty simple. You have uh, a couple choices and you have to choose which you would rather do. It's uh, it's not exactly rocket science, so we're gonna get into it. Let,
0: let's get uh, some audience involvement too. If you guys want to weigh in, tell us what you would rather do as well. well. We definitely like to throw that up on the screen and uh, get your guys' uh, opinion on this as well.
1: And we're gonna get it started with what movie you would rather watch. So I'm gonna tell you two movies they might not be on your radar but they are coming to the silver screen this month they are bones and all and the menu now uh well <laughs> the menu is about a young couple margot and tyler played by anya taylor joy and nicholas holt to a a-listers uh, and they travel to a remote island for an exclusive restaurant run by an enigmatic chef Played by Ray Fines, another A lister. Uh, but there's more in store for the wealthy guests than a tasting menu and wine pairings in this darkly comedic satire of foodie culture. That sounds like something right up Nate's alley, if you ask me.
2: I actually saw the preview for this movie and was kind of excited for it. I like oh Ray Fines, though, a lot because I'm old.
1: I thought
0: I I also watched this trailer. I thought I thought it looked fucking awful. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought, wow. I don't know any of these people in this movie. I'm obviously not as classy as Kyle is on on the silver screen here. I thought this movie looked awful. But well,
3: I'll, I'll, I'll round it out. I think this movie looks fucking awesome. So
2: really, yep.
3: Okay, okay. I think it looks great. I love the cast. I love the idea. It kind of reminds It has a it has a bit of a at least via the preview I watched. A, kind of a knives out type feel to it yes. to me. Yes. Um, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I I can
2: see. I, I think it, it that. looks like
3: it gets. And I I, I love dark comedies, man. Mm-hmm. I love things that have make you laugh, but it's
0: also like, oh my god, that's horrifying. I love it. So Kyle, what's our other option here? What's going against us? Because it seems like my co-hosts are already falling in love with the menu, which I thought looked fucking terrible. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you might not want to make your choice too fast, because. Uh, Bones and All is about. Uh, it's the description says uh, the director of the movie Luca Guadagnino. My name is Luca Guadagnino. Uh, he's Italian, <laughs> I'm assuming. Maybe French.
2: That's definitely Reinites Italian.
1: With his Call Me by Your Name star Timothy Chalamet. There you go. That's a name for you for a cannibal love story. About a young woman coming to terms with her unusual hunger and the charming drifter, played by Chalamet, who understands her urges. The film is adapted from a novel by the same name by a screenwriter. Those names are tough. Yeah, so we I'm don't need to talk it. about
0: that. Camille
2: so, d'Angelis, I sure. believe is how it's pronounced.
0: All right. So I'll say this about this movie. I looked at a bunch of movies that were coming out in November. We got the new Black Panther, a couple of really good ones. I picked two of the awful ones because I thought this one also looked fucking awful. Like, who wants a cannibal love story? I don't know. It seems absolutely
2: little... no one except other cannibals.
0: And like I like Timothy Chalamet. I'm a Chalamet type of guy. So like I was intrigued. I said, Oh, give me some Chalamet, baby. And then I actually saw like the character he's playing, just kind of what's up with this one. Not inspired at all sorry no um, i i agree although i don't remember any other
3: cannibal love story movies so i mean they're at least doing something unique it's, a,
2: it's original that's a, good point, for so me, that's a good point scott good between point these
3: two hands down the menu because
0: i think the menu looks awesome i can't wait to watch it same i guess gun to the head i'll take the menu too you're probably right it might be a little closer knives out or like a jordan peele movie
3: I mean they're both. About know what it, food. That's the vibe I got. Like if the preview wasn't <laughs> showing. It. I have an idea of what like what actually happens on this on this island at this restaurant. And I get that it's kind of cheesy with all the like foodie restaurant stuff, but I mean the cast is worth the price of admission just by itself. In my opinion. Well the opinion. cast
2: is phenomenal. It's like that um I think it was Mike that Michael Douglas movie, The Game. Scott, do you remember that oh, one? Oh yeah,
3: I definitely remember yeah. the game. So it's yeah. like
2: it's like the game. Restaurant Edition, and the game was a really good movie. That movie was awesome. For you youngins, go check out Michael Douglas' game. Such
0: a good movie. No, no, no movie ever like it. Okay, okay, interesting. Kyle, do you know that movie? your movie buff.
1: No, I think is it Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. The most dangerous
2: game. Is Mm.
0: that? Oh, I love that book. I have read that book. That's a great book.
2: Now, I have to look it up, guys. I'll get back to you. All right, Kyle,
0: let's go ahead and move forward here. We got, I think we got a football question up next.
1: Yeah, so this is a fantasy football related. Would you rather have, uh, for the next month, now this is not a permanent position, uh, temporary, would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott?
0: So, coming into this, guys, Kirk Cousins, he's he's the QB seven points per game over the last month. That's on three starts. Dak Prescott, he's the QB 9 in his two starts back, points per game style. We have Washington, Buffalo, Dallas, and New England for Kirk Cousins. So it is going to get a little bit tougher. He did just add TJ Hawkinson, though. For Dak, not super, you know, it's not a friendly matchups, but Green Bay, Minnesota, Giants, and New England. So these guys will face each other at some point. Kirk Cousins has been real solid so far. Maybe Dak has more upside. Where do you go, Scott?
3: yeah this is tough because yeah, I was looking at I was looking at the fantasy points allowed rankings against the quarterback, specifically in the last three games, kind of what teams have been doing recently and these these two four game look aheads are basically a wash um couple of decent matchups, couple of tough matchups like mm-hmm. um, that's a I mean, they are just right next to each other in my mind, these two quarterbacks. Um, I might lean. I might lean I might lean Cousins now with the addition of Hawkinson and with how well Dalvin Cook's been playing. I think that's where I'd lean. I if if the if the Cowboys do in fact go back to just mostly Zeke, which would be crazy in my opinion. Their offense just wasn't as efficient in in those games. I mean this this past game was great. This past game was fantastic. Offense went nuts, uh mostly Tony Pollard. But I think I'm going with Kirk.
2: I'm with Scott.
0: Oh, Nate has come
3: so
2: far. You, you <laughs> I have know, it. right?
0: I love it. I mean, I think it's just when you look at the weapons. When you look at the weapons, mm-hmm. I think they have more out there. Dak has to rely on Noah Brown, Michael Gallup, who's been kind of inconsistent, and we, we just in Minnesota, guys, we don't have that. Justin Jefferson, he's electric. Adam Thielen, when he sees the field, he's at least a, somewhat of a threat. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you guys here on Kirk Cousins. I, I think rest of the way, like for me. There's maybe like six or seven, eight quarterbacks I'd rather have over Kirk Cousins, but it's not a lot at this point. Um, I really like what he's been doing there in Minnesota. Yep. Agreed. All right, Kyle. Let's roll forward here, buddy.
1: All right. Off of football for a second into the music genre. Uh, would you rather bump Black Eyed Peas' new album, Elevation, uh, Drake, and 21 Savage's Her Loss? Or Nickelback's get rolled.
0: So these are like three of the most like hot-taked artists. Like people hate Nickelback. People either love or hate Twenty One Savage and Drake and Black IPs. You know, I love them. I know some people on the staff don't love them for some reason. But uh, Nate, I'll I'll let you take this one, my friend. Uh, You were in bands. You grew up in the music scene, so I imagine you have some good taste here. Let's hear it
2: yeah i want nothing to do with any of these three albums what i'll probably do is just stab the inside of my ears with pencils so i don't have to hear them in case someone else is playing it
0: that's not an option that's not one of the three it's a would
2: fine fine <laughs> fine probably drake's album because of the three wow acts stated here he is by far the most tolerable to my ears
0: okay all right interesting was not expected to hear that scott do you have any black IPs love? Do you have any, any love for the back as well? Uh, well, my, my answer to
3: which band I would pick here is no.
2: <laughs> I tried that, they wouldn't let me know. I know, I know. you've got to pick I, one, I, not I would, an option, bud. Not I'm, with, an
3: option. I'm with Nate. If I had to pick one of these, not obviously not having heard the albums yet, I'm gonna go with Drake because Drake, there's some songs out there by Drake that I like. He's tolerable, I say, is, is a good word for it. Um, Black Eyed Peas, Nickelback, absolutely not. No thank you ever. Guys,
2: like, I'd rather listen to a brand new Limp Biscuit album than have to listen to any of these three. I'd rather
3: discuss passing schemes than listen to <laughs> either of these bands. I, I liked mean, Black Eyed Peas when they first came out. Their first couple albums were great. But now Um, it's just not like I have not liked the black eyed peas for quite some time, though.
0: I'm ready for some new peas. They might have it back in them. Who knows? I'm going to trust the peas a little bit. And, you know, can we just like stop with the Nickelback hate? I'm just going to say it. Nickelback this afternoon, like photograph. There are some absolute Nickelback bangers. So stop with the Nickelback hate. Give some black eyed peas some love halfway there. I got a feeling. I will stop with the
3: Nickelback oh, hate Steph. when you
0: stop with the Comet hate. Oh well,
2: that's Ooh. rightfully
3: justified, my friend. So I, is the
2: Nickelback. Oh, so is Nickelback? I'm Are sorry. you joking? They're
1: Nickelback awful.
3: is solid, man. Comet has a touchdown this year. Nickelback has produced garbage since day
0: one. Play this afternoon. <laughs> and tell me you don't want to drink a couple lattes on the back back porch with some friends. I don't. No, know. I
2: want to drink a whole handle of Everclear to make it stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, do, before you take us into our next question here um do you have any thoughts
1: on this dude honestly no i'm with i'm with (laughs) nate and scott dude like this is just these are three non-contenders you know
0: i i hey i understand i understand the concern we do have some questions in the chat i do want to get to as well before we move on if that's okay with you guys first one here from our guy lucius what's up lucius Lucius? Glad glad to see you tonight Evening guys. I was wondering who you guys prefer rest of season between Debo and Michael Pittman. Thanks in advance. And this is a great question for us because we are doing rest of seasons. Would you rather Debo Samuel or Michael Pittman? For me, it's still Debo guys. I like the Mm -hmm. offense better. I can trust it more. I still think Debo's ceilings down a little more, but he's still a low end wide receiver to me with his versatility. Scott, how do you feel about it? I I agree. I
3: mean, neither of these players I think are are meeting the expectations we had for them this year. But I'm still taking Debo here because I mean, with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, Indianapolis' passing game is just a mess. Um, I've got Pittman on a few teams. You know, after Week One, I was I was flying high, and then it's been kind of all downhill since then. He did he did suffer the injury. Um, And you know, Paris Campbell has has been making some noise lately. But you know, Debo, I think. Part of the reason with the issue with Debo, he's not and it's probably better for him long term, but he is not running the ball okay. basically at all lately. He is not getting and that's not going to change with CMC. So his ceiling is somewhat capped, but I'm still I'm still taking Debo in that now that San Francisco offense over Pitman.
2: Yeah, Debo's ceiling is capped. But his cap ceiling is still higher than what Michael Pittman has in Indy. Maybe it's a different story next season. But for the rest of 2022, it's really hard to trust Michael Pittman in that offense in Indy.
0: Well, I believe they just fired the offensive coordinator today, too. If I, if I believe so, they, it's a sketchy situation. Frank Reich is on the well, rocks there too. I, they I just they fired the wrong
2: like, they fired the wrong coach. They needed to get rid of Reich.
0: Well, I think that can be debatable, but I think overall, like. The outlook for any of these Indianapolis players is just not as high. So I would prefer Debo here, Lucius. I think that's kind of a consensus from us over here at the IBT. We appreciate the the question, though. If I can get out of Pittman any which way I can, I have him in a couple leagues, and I can't really get rid of him. So if you can get rid of him or if you're offered Pittman for Debo, go the Debo side, bottom line. Then we have a question here from our guy, Captain Joking. Hey, we appreciate you uh, tuning in again, Cap. Appreciate you being subscribed to the channel, hanging out with us tonight here on Tuesday evening. I have an option to trade D hop for Nick Chubb. Should I do it? And I think unless you have a a need for a a wide receiver, Nick Chubb is absolutely worth way more than D hop. In my opinion here, Um, Nate, how do you feel about it?
2: Yeah. To make this deal, I would have to have another two RB ones on my roster that I was comfortable starting every week and be really wide receiver needy. Nick Chubb's just been too good this season.
3: Well, yeah, I think he's, he's asking if he should trade D hop for Nick Chubb. Yes. Yes. I mean, in, I guess, you know, cliched term, but in a vacuum, I would say, yes. Um, I mean, Chubb's RB three. Kareem Hunt has not made the dent. He typically does. Chubb has seen a few catches and I mean, Chubb is just every game. Chubb's electric. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's, he's, you know, arguably the best, just pure running back in the NFL. D. Hop did obviously make a huge splash in his first few games back, but I'm still taking, I'm still taking Chubb. I just think he's, you know, at a position of scarcity, like running back to have, you know, a top five guy. Yeah, I'm taking Chubb.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. Especially if,
3: if you go down to like half PPR, or you, I mean, standard, then it's even more of a no brainer.
0: Then we have him asking as well, CMC or Henry rest a season in the long run? And I think it has to go a little bit more McCaffrey just because I think the explosiveness on the offense is there. But I, I like both of these players long-term. Um, I'm just not so sure I feel super confident Malik Willis and, and the whole kind of mess there in uh, in Tennessee. Scott, do you have any any read on this one here? Um, I mean, this, this is the RB... The RB2 and RB5.
3: CMC is the RB2 right now. This is in PPR overall. And Derek Henry is the RB5. Um, You really can't go wrong with either of these guys, in my opinion. But I'm picking CMC because I think CMC is the 101. I had him as the 101 coming into the season. And I think he's, as much as it pains me as a Seahawks fan, I think he's going to go bonkers in San Francisco. He already did. I mean, what, a passing touchdown, (laughs) rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown in the same game? But, I mean, I think it's just set up. I mean, CMC, if he stays healthy in that system,
0: wheels up. Okay. Okay. So, Nate, I I think bottom line here is that that Kyle Shanahan can use CMC like we've never seen before. So, I'm excited for it. Um, I think the upside is just there more than Henry.
2: Yep, I agree.
0: Fantastic. Kyle, let's go ahead and move forward to our
1: next uh, non-football question here. All right. Well, this is a little bit more... uh... For the fall season, November specifically, would you rather have no daylight savings time or no Black Friday?
3: This one's tough, man. Because I despise both of these things. Same. Like, quite a bit. Um, Black Friday I've never been a fan of. I don't like the idea of it. I just don't like the just go buy more junk. And I really don't like, you know... You know, especially around the holidays, people are having to work all crazy kinds of hours for Black Friday, and I just don't like it. I've never liked Black Friday ever. But um, if I'm picking one here, I'm picking get rid of daylight savings time. I'm I'm sick of it. I've always been sick of it. Once I realized kind of what was going on in the world around me a little bit, I thought, what is this weird thing we do? Why change the clocks twice when we could just change them zero times? Um, So I'm picking daylight savings. Get rid of it, which I think we're going to soon. There's some sort of federal bill on the books? or Yeah, whatever? there's
0: there's something, and I, I'm with you, Scott. Like I h- kind of hate Black Friday just because it does take time away from your family and kind of ruins like Thursdays. Oh, let's be giving and let's be appreciative, and then Fridays like take take take. It yeah, kind of reverses it's
3: stampede into a store. Like I just it it's
0: gross for me. It's just exactly, gross. but daylight daylight saving time also kind of effing sucks too. Like honestly, I hate I hate that it like. Yes, I hate waking up in the dark, but I hate when it also I'm done with work for the day and it's already dark out. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here with you. Daylight Savings Times can uh, can, can go uh, run a schmuck for, for all I care. Nate?
2: I'm going Black Friday because it's a mess. It's a consumer nightmare. It shows just how gross and materialistic our society has become. But Daylight Savings, I kind of like it being light until like 830 in the summer. Eight thirty-nine o'clock. Like, I think if anything, we should get rid of non-daylight savings time and just have daylight saving time. Wow, year-round. that is a
0: hot f and day.
2: Well, they tried I mean, it in the seventies and it didn't work because morning commute accidents like tripled because people were driving to work in the dark. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: I would Can rather. Just get this I mean, I would honestly, the... I would honestly rather do that than change them twice a year. Just yeah. freaking set a time and don't change the clocks.
0: I'm always what... up that first week, too, that we switch them over. So,
3: Well, and since I've had kids, too, that totally screws with the kids. Like, the kids are like, hey, we're up.
0: It's like, oh, cool, it's an hour earlier. Neat. Right, right. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, guys. Kyle, looks like we have uh, one more uh, question here in the chat from our guy, Ali Boscott. He's saying, should I trade Amon, Ra, St. Brown, and Walker for Saquon? And a couple weeks ago, I honestly might have said something differently, but I do not think I would even consider this trade because Amon Ra is still a low-end wide receiver one. I think he gets a bump here at TJ Hawkinson out. He's a mid-range wide receiver one when he's healthy. And Walker has been better than Saquon this last month. So I'm definitely riding the uh, uh, Amon and, and Walker train. I, I I absolutely I love that side 100%. How, how do you feel, Nate?
2: No question. I'm I'm sticking with Amon Ra and Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker's been electric, man. Like, don't bail on this kid right now.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> no, I agree. I mean, I don't necessarily, I think, you know, to acquire someone like Saquon Barkley, I think this is the type of trade it would take. I'm just not going to do this personally for the same reasons. I mean, you know, Walker had a, he had a, he had an impressive touchdown run against the Giants. But other than that, it was a pretty, pretty, uh, low you know low rushing day for seattle in general i mean those were just two good defenses going after each other but um but yeah now with 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 hawkinson gone with the the seahawks offense running basically firing on all cylinders and walker is easily their primary back i mean the seahawks went from a team that you know who's gonna be who's gonna get the most carries blah 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 to like having one of the one of the most definite workhorses in the league um so yeah i'm 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 staying put.
0: Okay, awesome. We got we got a comment in here from Brad about daylight savings time. He's saying um, he's over there in Australia. He's saying positive for us Sunday games now start start at four thirty a.m. four um, thirty Monday a.m. That is that is brutal, Brad. I don't mm-hmm. know how you do it, man. We, hats off to you. Um, you must be a very big fan of the game to make that that uh, work in your schedule. We appreciate you making us work in your schedule as well um, with that time difference, buddy. We appreciate you. Um, Kyle, I think we have one more final uh, non football question here on the slate, buddy.
1: Yeah. So let's celebrate. Would you rather celebrate Guy Fawkes day in England, Thanksgiving in Leiden? I had to look that up. That's in the Netherlands or celebrate the day of the dead in Mexico. Nate, That one sounds like something you like. So
0: I will set the scene very quickly.
1: Those who do not know what Guy
0: Fawkes Day is in England. It's basically a day they have a a Guy Fawkes Day and a night where they shoot fireworks because an assassin tried to kill their king named Guy Fawkes. I don't know why you name a holiday after him, but uh, he tried to kill their king. Their plan was foiled. So now they shoot off fireworks, get boozed up, that type of stuff in England lighting is actually where they don't celebrate thanksgiving anywhere in the netherlands but that one town specifically because that is apparently where some of the pilgrims initially came over from so just kind of a cool little holiday question here for you nate um you obviously have your world traveler here you have a lot of experience down there in mexico so what do you think on this one bud well i'm
2: going day of the dead because it's in mexico and like Today is Day of the Dead in Mexico, and I could be celebrating Day of the Dead in Mexico in like 85 degree weather right by the ocean. But instead, no, I'm in Colorado where it's 60 degrees and I'm celebrating nothing today. Oh, well, except trade deadline, I suppose. But yeah, Day of the Dead for me. I think everyone knew that's where I was going to go.
0: And and we have Albert here in the chat saying Dia de los Muertos, And I yes, think, sir. does that mean Day of the Dead? Or Day that of the mean? Dead. Yes, that's what, that's what okay. it's called. Yep. Okay, I'm uncultured as I've taken... Three years of Spanish in college and two years in high school did not pay off at all. So, uh, Scott, where are, you go- <laughs> where, where are you going here? At this um, Dia de los
3: Muertos and like by a million miles for me on this one. Um, I love Halloween. I love Dia de los Muertos. I always have. I love everything about the vibe and the the the. The artwork and just, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, everything about it. I just I've always I've always loved it. Coco is one of my favorite Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. We put together a deal at Los Muertos puzzle a few days ago. Um, it's just it's a fascinating holiday for me. It's probably one of my favorite kind of like not not an American holiday or whatever. Probably one of my favorites. So I'm going with that. Um, I knew about Guy Fox Day. They, they weren't celebrating him. They were celebrating the fact that he was foiled. Um, and then with, uh, I did a little reading on that Thanksgiving in the Netherlands. And yeah, the it, the, the Mayflower and some of the, the settlers that ended up in the United States, they were there for 10 years before they actually eventually went across. And the reason they left is because they were becoming too liberal and they were losing some of their religion because it was such just kind of a lax, low key, not super crazy place mm-hmm. to live. And so they're like, no, no, we're losing our, we're losing our faith, all this kind of stuff. So they, so they moved on. I'm grossly paraphrasing what i read about it but i just thought that was kind of interesting they're like that netherlands is, i'm gonna was,
2: have to look into it more
3: netherlands was just a little
0: too a little too liberal for them to stick around uh we, we got dave here in the chat saying still live yes up, sir dave? absolutely dave we hope you had an awesome tuesday man appreciate you making uh, time out of your day for us i'm gonna go thanksgiving here in the netherlands guys i think it's really cool that just one town in the entire country still celebrates this holiday at the same time, America does. So, if they got football over there somehow, if I can get in in on that uh, th- Thursday football over there in Thanksgiving, I'm about going to the Netherlands, baby. Um, we we have uh, Brad saying all them brownies in the Netherlands. I'm thinking he uh, he's he's saying Browns fans. Is that what Brad's trying to tell me? There's Browns. No, fans. dude, no. we brownies about, in Amsterdam. Oh, okay, okay, it's- oh. Okay, I'm. It's, I'm that's I'm there not like that's, that's not rice, the, that's not
3: the novelty it used to be because weed's legal in lots of the United States now.
0: Hey, I'm I'm there like white on rice, baby. Netherlands, one more reason to, to book a flight for you and I, Jim Scott. What do you say?
1: Yeah, I'll go. I mean, I won't be seeing any Cleveland fans out there.
2: But... <laughs> <laughs> you might. You never know.
1: This one town in the Netherlands <laughs> is
3: known for Thanksgiving and for some reason, Cleveland Browns fans. <laughs>
0: Well, Kyle, we appreciate you coming on uh, with us today and, and helping us do a little you Rather. We still have some time left in the show. We're going to jump over into some uh, In The Scope candidates today, talk about waiver wire, free agent fines. Everyone tuning in the chat, stay with us. We appreciate you guys tuning in tonight. Um, those of you new to the chat, please subscribe to the channel if this is the type of content you like. We mix it up here with lifestyle and uh, some fantasy football advice for you. So let's go ahead and get into it with In The Scope. <laughs>
1: Requesting to engage in the scope.
0: In the scope, we're going to tell you guys who you should be spending fab on tonight, if there's really anyone, and then who you should be picking up tomorrow after waivers run to get a week ahead of your league mates. We've had a lot, a lot of success with this section so far this season. I think we've helped people save a lot of fab, a lot of waiver priorities, folks. So let's jump into the mainstream waiver wire targets. Starting at quarterback here, Andy Dalton, only rostered about 21.5% of ESPN leagues. He's been excellent as of late. He's going to be the guy moving forward for the Saints. You can pick him up and stream him if need be. And same with Justin Fields, guys. I think we're coming around finally that Justin Fields, he's getting the rushing attempts we wanted to see, and now he's being somewhat fancy viable. I like him rostered in just under 27% of ESPN leagues. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton,
3: another, you know, you got Geno Smith, you got Andy Dalton, you got some of these veteran quarterbacks that are making some fantasy noise. I mean, I'm getting ready to pick up Andy Dalton and play him over Tom Brady, like for real. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's just yep. it's crazy. This year's been nuts. Um, but yeah, those are two Justin Fields as well. I mean, like I said, four straight weeks, uh, QB 12 or better. He's he's getting the rushing. I mean, it, to me, it, he's he's not Jalen Hurts. He's not as good as Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts is right mm-hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But it does remind me of Jalen Hurts last year, at least the last four weeks have, where it's that floor from that rushing. Just it starts you off basically with a couple of touchdown passes before the game starts. So fields, I mean, that 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 roster ship actually kind of surprises me that it's still that low after four straight weeks. But grab him if you can. Yeah, those are two. Those are two good QB options to have available to you in week nine.
0: Apparently, he had a conversation a couple weeks ago back with offensive coordinator Luke Getsky and told him he needs to be more involved in the run game. It has paid off for fantasy managers and the Bears who've looked better at times as of late. Let's talk about a couple wide receivers who should be rostered in all leagues at this point, fellas. Romeo Dobbs, 47% owned. Rondell Moore, 46% owned. These guys are going to be focal points in their offenses moving forward. Pick them up. Devin Duvernay, somehow. We've been talking about him since week one, guys. 29% rostered, and he's not an every week start, but right now Rashad Bateman's banged up. He's going to be out a couple weeks. We don't know the status of Mark Andrews. They need Devin Duvernay. He's electric when they go to him. He got a rushing touchdown last week. I like Devin Duvernay. And Nate, if we need him, Josh Palmer as well, 25% rostered, who uh, he'll be filling in for Mike Williams on the outside.
2: Well, you guys, Austin Eckler said you should go out and pick up Josh Palmer. Austin Eckler, a very well-known football player who plays a lot of fantasy football and he's on Josh Palmer's team. He knows something we don't know. Go get Josh Palmer.
0: Yep, and we have a uh, we have a couple of a uh, of support comments here in the in the comments from Dave. He's saying Mapletron, he's liking what we could see from Justin Fields moving forward. Brad saying Justin Fields 21 2021 QB1. Okay. And then Bears' next three matchups are Dolphins, Lions, and Falcons from Albert. So absolutely some good matchups coming here from Jay Her, uh, Jay Fields, that is. So let's go ahead and move forward here. Evan Ingram and Greg Dulcich. we've talked about these players at length the last couple of weeks. If you need a tight end with a floor, they have it. They are available in almost 70% of leagues, so go pick them up this week. If you need to spend a little bit of fab baby, I think you get after it because these guys are going to be very solid for the rest of the season. I believe, guys.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Especially Dulcich, <clears throat> he's just turned into a reliable target for Russell Wilson in an offense that's trying to figure out their identity. And Alberto, just we all thought he was going to be such a transformative player this season, and he's melted into the ether like he doesn't exist. Dulcich is going to be a solid play rest of the season. I have questions about Ingram. But we'll see over the next one to two weeks as this involvement continues with him.
3: Yep. Yeah, I just think with the with the tight end landscape, you know, I've, I I was able to grab Ingram in a few deeper leagues, and I've been happy to have him recently. Yep. And Dulcich, I mean, it's that hair, man. It's the hair. It's you got to pick him up just for the hair. I wish you know? I had that hair. I have the hair. It's glorious. He's but yeah, like I, to- I agree. He's been yeah. a reliable, consistent at least over the last few weeks. Um, weapon for for Russell Wilson and. You know, tight end, it's been such a
0: crapshoot this year. Such a crapshoot that, yeah, if those guys are available, grab them. 100% agree with you guys. Let's go ahead and move forward to the In the Scope candidates. This is really the meat of this segment. And these are the players you should be picking up this week after waiver's run. They're sneakier finds. And we've come through for you guys a lot of times this season, so hopefully we do it here. Scott, I particularly love your player. He's someone we've highlighted a couple times so far this season just chatting about him. Um. Go ahead and, and bring your in-the-scope candidate up for us, please. So, I mean, I feel like this was a little bit low-hanging fruit in a way,
3: but, I mean, today was trade deadline day. Stuff was happening. Stuff was flying around. My in-the-scope candidate is Deion Jackson, running back for Indianapolis Colts. And the reason I say low-hanging fruit is because we already saw him pop off for a game this year. But that, that roster ship percentage, once Jonathan Taylor came back from injury, had plummeted back down to around, right around 10%. If you're looking at redraft on both sleeper and ESPN is right around 10%. Um, and I just think he's a, he's a winner here. I, I get it. Um, I actually didn't see when, when I saw the trade at first, I didn't see that Zach Moss was part of it. So I was like really excited about Dion Jackson, right, but I still am for the most part. Cause I just don't think Zach Moss is anything but a depth piece, another running back to have in that running back room. I don't think he's going to be, you know, I mean, it's a small sample size. I get it. We got to be careful of samples, small sample sizes. But the one game that Deion Jackson started in place of Jonathan Taylor, he was the RB1 on the week. Um, granted, I don't think that's a sustainable thing, but that's what he did. He showed what he can do. He showed he can be on the field quite a bit if Jonathan Taylor were to get hurt again. And he caught, I think he had 10 targets in that game. So you know, I don't know a lot of the nuances about pass blocking and pass protection and how good Nahim Hines was versus Deion Jackson at that. But he did show he can be that for the Indiana- Indianapolis Colts, and I think he's a better between the tackles runner than Hines was. So when I think I, he's I think he's going to have standalone value with Jonathan Taylor, and then he's a smash if Taylor gets
0: hurt. Well, I think I think two things to note here with Deion Jackson. One, you don't get rid of Naeem Hines if you're the Colts, if you don't believe somewhat in Deion Jackson. I think that's a big part of this. And second part of this too is, guys, Jonathan Taylor got hurt this last week. He exited the game for a minute. He came back and played. But Deion Jackson was seeing reps last week as well. So Taylor just hasn't been himself. Yeah, he needs to be. I don't think he's fully healthy. weeks. Yeah, I don't think he's ever gotten fully healthy since coming back from the ankle. He didn't miss enough time with that. Um, well, we were believed to, to be a high ankle sprain at one point. So, completely agree. I, I love this call, Scott. Honestly, I think this is one of my favorite uh, in the scope cans we have had all season. Nate, why don't you take us home uh, here with yours as well?
2: Caleb Huntley is my pick, guys. He's only five point five percent rostered in ESPN right now, and it's not look. It's not a sexy pick. He's sharing the backfield with Tyler Algier. However, he's been far more efficient than Algier. They've been splitting carries for the most part. But what Huntley's doing, he's going 14 carries for 64 yards. Tyler Algier's taking 17 carries for 45. He's also seeing a lot of red zone work. The Chargers, who they're playing this week, are the second worst team against running backs in fantasy. They're allowing somewhere around 30 points a game to running backs. I like Huntley for the red zone work. It's bad. You know, it's bad. But I like Huntley for the red zone work here. He had 91 yards rushing last week, which was – pretty outstanding you love to see it but he didn't have a score I think Atlanta can move the ball against this Chargers defense and get in the red zone and when they do they're going to be leaning on Huntley we've already seen it this season a few times in a few games where Algier gets that work between the 20s but as soon as they're down in the red zone Huntley's the guy who's in Once Corderell Patterson comes back, I don't know if I like him as much, but I think he's done enough to probably earn a role with Patterson, especially knowing he's an older running back. It's a little bit more fragile and you want to have those guys that can spell him for long-term, maybe an entire series. And we might see Huntley be, I mean, an RB3 or a flex play like at his ceiling. But if you're on the waiver wires and you're going for players and you lose out on Deion Jackson... Caleb Huntley's a pretty solid play for at least the next two to three weeks while Patterson's out, and then you can go from there and see what he is rest of season.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with this one, Nate. I I don't mind this at all. We we need to see a little bit more from him Mm -hmm. in the passing game, but the red zone usage is there. He's getting the carries. Um, Right now, Tyler Algier is obviously the sexier name, but if you need to play at running back, Caleb Huntley for the next couple weeks is not a bad one at all. I, I do like this call, especially against the Chargers this week. I think that's a good find there, bud. Well,
2: and what's interesting about this offense, what I was looking at is Huntley doesn't get any of the passing work. He's strictly a running back. Algier is getting the passing work. And once Cordero Patterson comes back, that's all going back to Patterson if he's healthy. I don't know the word because when Patterson was healthy, we didn't see Algier.
0: But but even even with Patterson back – the running backs for Atlanta are just not getting targets this year because Marcus right. Mariota yeah. is just more of a runner than we've seen in the past. Like, even even what we were seeing out of Patterson, he was being super efficient on the ground. So something and that's in, a fair point. So that's something to keep point. in mind. But you know, it, it's it's a shitty landscape out there for running backs right now. So if you need a guy, Caleb Huntley, I don't mind that five point five percent roster. I'm surprised it's only at that number as well, Nate.
2: I was surprised to see that as well.
0: So yeah, I, th- I
3: think that's a good one. My only concern is it actually Algier was starting to see work with um, with Patterson before Patterson's injury. So i'm I'm a little concerned this just becomes a big giant mess when Patterson comes back. Um, but I would I would agree that Huntley is the, he seems like the guy between the tackles if they're gonna if, if they if, if Algier and Patterson are gonna split work in the receiving game, which Seth already mentioned, it has not been what you would think it would be. Um, yeah, Huntley's sneaky. I
0: like it. He's a sneaky one. And I will round us out here on in the scope. And I like that we have running back plays right now because we've come a lot with wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, but running back is so valuable right now because there just aren't any on the waiver wire right now. And we're going to try to get you one here a, a week before. And that's just Michael hasty for me. And I get it. Like we saw Travis Etienne go out and have 24 carries. I'm just not expecting Travis Etienne to have 24 carries per week, guys. I think that's kind of an absurd amount for Travis Etienne. Here's what we know about Jacksonville: they're 11th most run-heavy team in the league, averaging about 27.6 uh, uh, percent or 27.6 percent plays per—excuse me, 27.6 plays per game. They are they're running the ball, so they're getting after it on the ground. And I just don't think that Etienne is going to take 24 carries per game. Last week, Jermichael Hasty, he had over four targets. Um, he has two top seven matchups coming these next couple of weeks, Las Vegas, Kansas City. He could get out to a lead here. The, ja- or the the Kansas City Chiefs could get out to a lead, and I think maybe we see a little more Hasty in the passing game. So it's not a sexy name. I can't try to sell you super hard on Jamichael's Hasty. I don't love it like some of our other in the scopes. I definitely like Deion Jackson a lot better, but I think if you need a play... Here in the next couple of weeks, I think if you're desperate, I don't mind Jamichael Hasty. He is the RB two there in Jacksonville, and we've seen that be a relevant role so far this season, guys.
2: Well, you know, I think for next for this coming week, it's kind of an attractive matchup because the Raiders are the sixth worst team, sixth worst team against fantasy running backs. They're averaging giving up twenty three point one points per game, and. To your point, Seth, they can't run Etienne 24 times a game. That's they're absurd. Just, just, That's stupid. It's absurd and they're just not gonna do it. And Jermichael Hasty has value now as kind of that James Robinson guy in this offense. Now that they've dealt Robinson away, they obviously saw something in Hasty that made them comfortable getting rid of Robinson because he still played a pretty solid role in spelling Etienne and being kind of a change of pace guy in that offense when Etienne was taking over. That's Hasty now. So anything that you thought James Robinson was going to do rest of season. That's going to be Jermichael Hasty in this offense now.
3: Yeah, I like I like him as a stash, and I agree. I mean, the Raiders, in fact, that the over the past three games are the second best running back matchup. Um, they've been atrocious against running backs. <laughs> Very bad. Um, now, a lot of that has been through the air. Like Houston Texans is what really took took Vegas from kind of a decent. Mark against fantasy running backs down downward because they had like 14 catches against him, but Hasty, like Seth said, Hasty had four targets in this game on not a yep. lot of snaps. So I mean, Etn is not going to be a 95 percent opportunity share guy. The, the, he's going to get hurt if 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 they do that. Yeah. So especially I I think I like I, I, li- I like this yeah. one. I like I like Hasty as a stash. You know, um, you know, especially if you're in one of those situations where you have a bench spot and you're not you're not looking for somebody this week necessarily he's a he's a name that's you know when i often go look at waivers and i'm in that situation names will stand out like oh that guy has a potential because of x y and z and hasty's one of those guys
0: for sure we got dave saying jermichael sneaky absolutely and like again it's not a sexy play guys but like i'm in some leagues where i legit might be rolling him out this week because Mm -hmm. i have nick chubb on a bye i recently lost. Recently, the buys are oh, we-
3: so crazy this week. Yeah, it,
0: it's it's a bad week, man. It's a bad week. So if you need a guy, Jamichael Hasty, man, you could do a lot worse. With all that said, guys, I think we're uh, I think we're kind of at the end of the show here. This has been an awesome one. We've talked about yes, a lot about the deadline. Would you rather? Absolutely electric tonight. Want to thank Kyle for coming on for that, leading us in that charge once again, and just thank the IBT family. You guys are what make the show. You're what make this company. We're going to continue to best serve you throughout the remainder of the 2022 fantasy football season. If you're new to the channel, please like, and subscribe. And uh, we're to continuing to do what we can to make fantasy fun for you, because that's what it should be at the end of the day. Fantasy football should be fun. We got some feedback that, Hey, we love the, would you rather segment? We love incorporating the lifestyle earlier in the show. So we applied it. So we hope that we, uh, we hope we're doing a good job for you. If there's anything else you want to see from us, DMs are always open. Comment on the videos. We'd love to hear from you guys. Nate, Scott, Kyle, always awesome to see you guys. Nate, you and I uh, will be back Friday, my friend.
2: Yes, we will with some very awesome guests that I am very excited to get to sit down with on
0: Friday. Absolutely, we got. Uh, I think we got Joey Wright and Bob Harris back on the show. Right. So right. super electric show coming he on said, Friday. Let us, know, let us know how the menu is when you definitely go see it. I will, man. I will. Katie and I have never <laughs> been to him on a movie date, so maybe this is the first one. I mean here we go let's go baby yeah. i know i know Nate, nate's appalled that we've never been to the movies but that's what happens when you grow up in in our generation baby guys we will see you soon thank you so much for tuning in until next time guys keep it in between your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice